grace, mercy, and peace are yours from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Welcome to a sermon podcast from Salem Lutheran Church. For more information, please stay tuned at the end of the sermon. second Sunday after the Epiphany of our Lord is found in the book of Isaiah, chapter 62, beginning at the first verse. For the sake of Zion, I will not be silent. For the sake of Jerusalem, I will not be quiet until her righteousness goes forth shining brightly and her salvation burns like a torch. Nations will see your righteousness and all kings will see your glory. You will be called by a new name that the mouth of the Lord will assign to you. Then you will be a beautiful crown in the Lord's hands and a royal diadem in the palm of your God. You will never again be called abandoned and your land will never again be called desolation. For you will be called, my delight is in her and your land will be called married because the Lord delights in you and your land will be married for just as a young man marries a virgin your sons will marry you and just as a bridegroom rejoices over a bride your God will rejoice over you this is the word of our Lord the epistle lesson is found in Paul's first letter to the Corinthians, chapter 12, beginning at the first verse. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be uninformed. You know that when you were pagans, you were deceived and somehow led astray to mute idols. Therefore, I am informing you that no one speaking by God's Spirit says, A curse be upon Jesus. And no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. There are various kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are different kinds of ministries, and yet the same Lord. There are various kinds of activity, but the same God who produces all of them in everyone. Each person is given a manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. To one person, a message of wisdom is given by the Spirit. To another, a message of knowledge as the Spirit provides it. By the same Spirit, faith is given to someone else. And to another, the same Spirit gives healing gifts. Another is given powers to do miracles. Another, the gift of prophecy. Another, the evaluation, evaluating of spirits. Someone else, different kinds of tongues. And another, the interpretation of tongues. One and the same spirit produces all of these, distributing them to each one individually as he desires. This is the word of our God. The Holy Gospel according to St. John, the second chapter, beginning at the first verse. Three days later, there was a wedding in Cana of Galilee. Jesus' mother was there. 
Jesus and his disciples were also invited to the wedding. When the wine was gone, Jesus' mother said to him, they have no wine. Jesus said to her, woman, what does that have to do with you and me? My time has not come yet. His mother said to the servants, do whatever he tells you. Six stone water jars, which the Jews used for ceremonial cleansing, were standing there, each holding 20 or 30 gallons. Jesus told them, fill the jars with water, so they filled them to the brim. Then he said to them, now draw some out and take it to the master of the banquet. And they did. When the master of the banquet tasted the water that had not now, come become, now become wine, he did not know where it came from, though the servants who had drawn the water knew. The master of the banquet called the bridegroom and said to him, everyone serves the good wine first, and when the guests have had plenty to drink, then the cheaper wine. You saved the good wine until now. This, the beginning of his miraculous signs, Jesus performed in Cana of Galilee. He revealed his glory, and his disciples believed in him. This is the gospel of our Lord. Grace, mercy, and peace are yours from God our Father, and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. The portion of our God's word for our consideration this morning is found in the second to last chapter of John's Gospel, where we heard the second chapter of John's Gospel for the Gospel reading today. John chapter 20, beginning at verse 30. Jesus, in the presence of his disciples, did many other miraculous signs that are not written in this book. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. This is the gospel of our Lord. Dear fellow redeemed sons and daughters of God Most High, brothers and sisters of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Do these words sound familiar? I hope they do. We just sang them. We sing them twice a month here at Salem. Sometimes parts of the liturgy make us go on autopilot. It's an easy temptation, isn't it? And we've been using the Christian worship hymnal for almost a couple decades here at Salem. And before that, we used the Lutheran hymnal for, well, many decades before that. And twice a month, just before the gospel reading, we sing these words, Alleluia, Alleluia, Alleluia. These words are written that we may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. Alleluia, Alleluia, Alleluia. But it's tempting, isn't it? We get to a familiar part in the liturgy, maybe the Lord's Prayer, especially when we use the traditional form of the Lord's Prayer that just find that spot in our brain 
just kind of click it on, and we recite it, and we don't really think about it. We just, especially if it's sung, and the organist plays the introduction, like with some of the sung parts of the liturgy, we just go to autopilot. I'm guilty of it too. It just happens. But when we think about the different parts of the liturgy and they're written specifically to give glory to God as specific parts in the service and they're written for a specific purpose and they're based on specific portions of scripture, I'd like to take a moment today and look at this short, repetitive, we use it twice a month, section of the liturgy that maybe for many of us has become part of that autoplay in our minds. And if it has in the past, maybe this will help us next time it happens, not let it be autoplay in the future. So the setting is, John is writing the last chapters of his gospel. And John's gospel was written as chronologically, the fourth gospel. And John wasn't just sitting around saying, well, you know, I better get with it. I mean, Matthew's got a gospel out there. Mark's got one out there. Luke's got one out there. And I even hear Luke's got another book on the way. He's got this second letter to Theophilus about the whole history of uh, the Christian church. We know it today as the book of Acts. And John, he wasn't just sitting there saying, I better get with it. You know, I was one of the close disciples and apostles of Jesus. I better start writing something down. No, none of the books of the Bible came about that way. In fact, Peter tells us in 2 Peter, we also have a completely reliable prophetic word. You do well to pay attention to it as a lamp shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. Since we know this above all, no prophecy of scripture comes about from someone's own interpretation. In fact, no prophecy ever came by the will of man, but men spoke from God as they were being carried along by the Holy Spirit. Why did John write the Gospel of John? Because God told him to. Just as Moses was told by God, write Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. Just as David was told to write, write all of these Psalms, not all of them in the book of Psalms, but all the ones that David wrote. Just as Isaiah was told to write, the book of Isaiah that we heard part of from the pulpit or from the lectern earlier. So John was told to write. And what was he going to put in that book? Was he going to put everything that Jesus did? Well, in fact, in the next chapter, in the last chapter, in the last verses of John's gospel, he writes this. Jesus also did many other things. If every one of them were written down, I suppose the world itself would not have enough room for the books that would be written. 
But Jesus did many other things. In fact, he says at the beginning of this, Jesus in the presence of his, of his disciples did many other miraculous signs that are not written in this book. The Gospel of John, as well as the Gospels of Matthew, Mark, and Luke, do not contain everything that Jesus did. But they contain what God wanted those men to write. God told them what to write and the very words that they were to use. Because this is not John's word, this is God's word. And so we don't have to wonder, did John get it right? Did John remember correctly? Do we have to rely on a human being, a sinful human being, like you and I? No, we rely upon God. Because it is God and his word that grants us faith that works faith in our hearts as the Holy Spirit works in that word. And John goes on, but these are written. What God wanted us to know about Jesus and everything about Jesus that he wanted us to know is included in the Holy Scriptures, Genesis through Revelation. Old Testament pointing forward to Christ New Testament pointed to what Christ has done and how he fulfilled the Old Testament prophecies about the coming Savior and what he has done for us. But these are written. And in fact, the verb that John, by inspiration of the Holy Spirit, that God told John to use, are written, is stronger in the Greek than anything we really have in English. The verb there means it's written and it remains written. It was written and is true then and it is written and it remains true now and it will not be erased. There's really no equivalent in English without explaining it with all those words. It's a beautiful word in Greek. Just a single word in Greek, but it takes all those English words to explain it. But, but God chose that word to remind us and to, to comfort us and let us know this is not going to change. That Jesus, who died on that cross, who paid for the sins of the world once and for all, did it, and it's done forever. And that fact remains it does not change. God's not going to say to us, well, that was good in the past, but, you know, I think I've changed my mind. No, 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 no. It's written there. It's, it's there. God's not going to change his mind. He's not going to change his word. It's written there. And it's written, John says, in this book. We can take that, though, to mean the entire of Scripture. Why did God write it down? Why did God even send Christ? Why did God cause John to write it down? Was it because we deserved it? Did God look down at his disciples at that time and say, yeah, they're pretty good guys. Yeah, I think they deserve this message of salvation. 
Did, did God look at the Israelites and if you study even a little bit of Israelite history, you've got to say they were not good. They disobeyed God at every turn. The disciples, I mean, when they weren't arguing about which of them was going to be greatest in the kingdom of God, they were, Peter himself said, no, no, Jesus, don't, don't go to Jerusalem. They're going to kill you. And, and Jesus says, Peter, you still don't get it. That's the whole point. And, and then, then on, on Monday, Thursday evening, Good Friday morning, what did they all do? They all ran away. Peter's there again denying Christ in the courtyard. Are we any better? Are we perfect? It's not even 10 o'clock on a Sunday morning. Have we avoided sin and temptation? Not even today. Much less all the years we've already lived. Did God write this down because we're so good and deserving of it? By no means. But he wrote it down through these men of God because of his love for us. Because he knows without it we're lost. Because the wages of sin is death in hell. And he wrote it down because of love. Because he doesn't want that for us. Why did he go to Adam and Eve in the garden after they ate that forbidden fruit? Was it to destroy them? Was it to punish them? Was it to show them how disappointed he was? No, it was to promise them a savior. To show them his love. And he writes these words to us. And John gives us the two reasons why. But these are written, first of all, that you may believe. That Jesus is the Christ. How do we come to know that Christ, that Jesus is that Christ, that anointed Son of God, that one anointed to be our prophet, priest, and king, that one anointed to take our place on the cross, the one anointed by God, set apart for that duty, to take our sin upon himself, to pay the price we could not, to shed his blood in our place and then to rise again on the third day to show that our salvation is complete and that we too shall rise on the last day that we may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the one born in Bethlehem, the one who suffered and died, the one who rose again. He is the Christ. It is through that word that word that remains, that does not change, through which the Holy Spirit works. The Holy Spirit comes to us, enemies of God, and converts us from unbeliever to believer and shows us the good news of salvation. And John goes on, and that by believing, the second reason so that you may have life in his name. 
It is through faith we have the results of Christ's salvation. We're not doomed to death and hell. We're not doomed to just a life on this planet. We have eternal life in heaven. We have the paradise of heaven above. You may have life in his name. Through Jesus Christ, through our Savior, we have forgiveness, new life, and salvation. All of this granted by Christ. All of this through the glorious word of God. And this word of God working through the sacraments, baptism, and the Lord's Supper, which we celebrate later in this service. All of this God does out of purely out of his love. Purely. Purely for our benefit. And coming to us through his word, which he made sure was written by inspiration through John and through the other Bible writers. And through his word, which does not change. And our response, Paul talks about it in the epistle various gifts that God gives to his church. Look around you. Not many people here today, but look around you. Look around the various people we have here today and the various gifts God has given the people of his church here today. It doesn't have to be a lot of us here, but we have gifts that God has given us. And believe me, God is working through our congregation today. In various ways, he has given us various gifts. As we work together, not selfishly, not to say, well, I've got this gift and I'm better than anybody else. Or I've got this gift and I'm just going to use it for myself. Do you see that happening at Salem? I don't. I see people at Salem Rejoicing in the salvation that we have through Jesus Christ. Rejoicing in the salvation that God has won for us life eternal in heaven. And motivated by that Holy Spirit who works through the word of God to use those gifts that we have. And it's not something that anybody has to tell us to do. Or the, the pastor from this pulpit when he's healthy has to tell us, well you better darn well use those gifts God's given you. It's, it's not a shaming type of thing. It's not a, a law-motivated type of thing. It's motivated purely by God's gospel. And you look around and you see it. And that's the word of God at work, too. In a couple of weeks, next time we sing these words, these words are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. And we sing hallelujah, which by the, way, by the way is a Hebrew word, which means praise the Lord. Keep in mind, John wrote these words by inspiration of the Lord. Keep in mind why he wrote them. Keep in mind why God gave him the words to write. Fight back the temptation to just let your mind go to autoplay. Keep in mind the wonderful salvation that God has won for us. Keep in mind the joy that the Holy Spirit places in our hearts through the wonderful gospel of Jesus Christ.
Now may the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen to a sermon podcast from Salem Evangelical Lutheran Church. If you have any further questions or would like to learn more about Salem Lutheran and its ministry, please check out our website at www.salemevlutheran.org. Once again, that is www.salemev L-U-T-H-E-R-A-N dot O-R-G. May God bless you today and every day.